Welcome to the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast, where we try to give a refreshingly candid take on the long-term fantasy value of football players throughout their college and NFL careers. For all you Devi League, Campus to Canton, Dynasty Fantasy football managers, we're just two friends who spend all of our time talking fantasy anyways. We figured, why not grab a few mics and capture our conversations? It's your boys Josh and Jell, talking fantasy football and current events in our lives. It's time for the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast. Welcome back into the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast, coming to you here with our week four recap, and we're here for you, unlike your Facebook accounts today, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Instagram, I guess, too. That, that's that been down for a bit, but... Pretty... WhatsApp, too. I guess everything that, yeah. they, uh, that they... Some, they changed some settings on the DNS servers or something, and it made everything just shut down, so that person's getting fired. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it was an exciting week of football. Before we get into that, I know, Jell, you're uh, one of the biggest Brewer fans I know. you got to be pumped for some uh, MLB baseball coming up this week. Playoff start. we got some fantastic wild card matchups. Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinals, Dodgers. I mean, you can't ask for much more if you're a baseball fan. I mean, genuinely, four of the most iconic franchises in the league and. For them to be, you know, it's these four teams paired up with each other for a one-game playoff. I mean, that's that's pretty badass. You're going to have some sweet, obviously, you know. Adam Wainwright for the Cardinals. little resurgence from him. 17-game right. winner. I mean, as much as I hate the Cardinals, you got to kind of... Got to respect him and, him and Yachty being together for as long as they are going into... You know, for as old as they are and being able to kind of be the leaders of that team and... I don't know. They seem, for some damn reason, they just always seem to be in the mix. Yeah, I mean, being I mean, a, we thought we thought you thought the Cardinals were down and out at you know halfway through the season, then they go on this insane win streak and finish out with a obviously a playoff uh, appearance. So it's pretty wild. And then Yankees are getting hot at the right time. Red Sox started hot, got cold. Now are getting kind of playing up to expectations, and the Dodgers are just. I mean, they're just a machine. So 105 yeah. wins, not winning the division with 105 wins, that's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, as but, a, yeah, Brewers, Brewers with that trio of uh, of epic starting pitchers. Obviously, Josh Hader finishing off the games. The only thing that I'm really worried about is, that is roll? Devin Williams being a fucking idiot and punching a wall after winning the NL Central after they clinched. And it, that just shortens, you know, that... that Make that puts extra burden on some of these bullpen arms that aren't necessarily, you know, haven't been tested in the eighth inning. So that's my that's my concern. But hopefully the starting pitching can carry carry the crew to a hopefully a World Series appearance. Be pretty cool to see. I mean, I'm a I'm a Cubs fan, but I'll I'll cheer for the Brewers if they're not playing the Cubs. So be pretty cool to see them. I uh, got Josh and Jell here coming at you. You can find us. Uh, I am at JPEC. That's J-P-E-C, and then it's DAS, D-A-S, so at JPEC DAS. Gel is at D-A-S, Gel, J-E-L. Also, we are at Dead Arm Sports on Twitter, Instagram, have a Facebook page. You can find us on all the socials once those pop back up. It's, uh, they yeah, find, Twitter, uh, find a new hire. Yeah, Twitter's going nuts right now. <laughs> Twitter's probably got their most... Uh... 
Twitter and TikTok are probably booming today. Yeah. People can't get on FB or IG. I think so. Uh, no no Ricky again today. We wish him the best. He's trying to set a Guinness Book of World Records for the most times going around the It's a Small World ride at Disney World. So he's, uh, <laughs> good luck, Rick. Hope you have some uh, earplugs for that song, but uh, wish you wish you the best. <laughs> Quite a bit of news this week, uh, but before we get into the news, what uh, what you sipping on today, Jell? You got a little uh, coffee and mayo action going, or what? what are oh you my god, that freaking Kentucky! <laughs> Will oh, Levis. they drank it, man. I know. What's it's so disgusting? Uh, they had a um, big win over Florida this week, though. So they I mean, did. I, they yeah, did. Florida uh, looked pretty bad. Yeah. That was that was one of that not. Not Florida's one of their more uh, shining moments, but Kentucky's undefeated, five and zero. They're in the top. T- I think they AP poll came out today. I think if I remember right, I don't have it in front of me, but they were sixteen or eighteen, I think. Yeah. So good for them. Um, their quarterback is a fucking psycho and weird. If you want to, if you feel like vomiting, go check out his TikTok. Um, <laughs> it's entertaining. <laughs> got some weird shit going on. Jeez. Um. No, I've got myself a uh, got myself a Moscow Mule. Ooh, yeah, classy, classy. Yeah. No, uh, no copper mug, but uh, that's all right. All the all the elements of a Moscow Mule are in this glass. What's the uh, vodka what choice today? What's that? What's the vodka choice today? Oh, it's it's pretty much always going to be Tito's. Tito's. Yeah, yeah, boy. Good enough for the and for the right price. Nice. So it's 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 a night. That's a win. Number I, one uh, vodka in the U.S. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, it's, yep. it's very good. Not a sponsor, but could be. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> no, I'm, what you uh, got, Josh? Finally made it to the liquor store over the weekend, so I picked up a uh, another pumpkin beer for October. It's uh, Pumpkin Disorderly from a Vintage <laughs> Brewing Company here in Madison, and it's a nice 7.4% pumpkin beer. Yeehaw! So uh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Ready gonna to be, rock gonna and be roll. an episode. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> yes, it will. Uh, not a whole lot of injuries from the weekend. Um, at least as far as like big injuries, there were a couple. Joe Mixon on that Thursday night game had a fantastic game before he went out for you, but was missing on the final couple drives of the game, which were huge. Could have definitely used him, but they did pull out the win. But he has an ankle injury, is considered week-to-week right now. We'll get into some pickups later on. We will touch on his backup. David Montgomery, I everybody knows that's listening to this. I'm a Bears fan, but that was very scary yesterday. It cut to break, and then all of a sudden, Gus Johnson and Akeed Talib are like, yeah, he's walking off the field on his own power with the help, but they're like the – replays too gruesome to watch so i just immediately I mean, the way that the he worst. like grabbed his knee looked yeah and and yeah it did not look i thought good, i mean it looked like he was done i i thought so too but we got we got word last night we're recording here on monday evening uh it still isn't any word yet but apparently it doesn't sound like it's an acl tear so we'll see probably a sprain he's gonna be out for at least a week or two but Hopefully the MRI comes back today and uh, no confirms the no tear of the ACL. Logan Thomas goosed for you if you had him in your lineup yesterday. Had an early hamstring injury that knocked him out of the game right away, pretty much on their opening drive. Dalvin Cook wasn't himself yesterday, still dealing with that ankle injury. So kind of that tempered. feels like something that's going to be lingering 
could could linger all season or for the next at least probably at least another month. Yeah, until they just un, 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 maybe I don't and I don't know when exactly their buy is, but they could he could use a bye week right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if um, if Alexander Madison is out there, which he shouldn't be on waivers, I would definitely pick him up because I think you're going to be able to spot start him here and there throughout the yep. season. Totally. Uh, Dynasty Diami Brown has a knee injury. Don't know the extent of that at this point in time. He was out of the game yesterday. Teddy Bridgewater got a concussion, was knocked out. Denver was actually playing pretty well against Baltimore until this injury happened. And then uh, everybody's favorite segment, Drew Locke, came in and uh, (laughs) showed why Teddy Bridgewater is their starter. (laughs) Exactly. He looked bad. I mean, the Ravens, their defense isn't really as spectacular as, you know, what you would... They're not... They're not the stereotypical Ravens defense this year. Like, you know, you obviously think of them and, you know, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Terrell Suggs, uh, you know, that that's kind of your what you think of, you know, smash mouth defense with the Ravens. And that's not the case this year. And Drew Locke could not do jack shit. So it's <laughs> Teddy showed why he won the job and the Ravens or uh, excuse me, Denver put up seven points. That's it. That's I mean, you're not going to win any games doing that. So. Oh man, the Drew Lock, uh, the Drew Lock takes are looking worse and worse every time he hits the field. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad, and hopefully Teddy can clear concussion protocol and get back in there because at least your Denver it's receivers, necessary. if you have them, yeah, for fantasy purposes. And and th- and that division is too tough for them to just be, you know, basically throwing away games by putting Drew Lock out there. So yeah, agreed. You know. Between the Chargers, obviously they are who they are. Chiefs are back to 500 now, and I almost said Oakland again. Raiders are <laughs> off to obviously a sweet start too, so they can't be, you know, they, they need Teddy back. Yeah. Jimmy G, calf injury. It was uh, hard to watch his post-game interview yesterday. He just, he got emotional when he was so talking sad. about it. I know, and it you feel for him. I mean, he just, he can't stay healthy. He's got a calf injury, and... He said during his interview, gave some insight on it and said he's probably going to be out for a few weeks. He hopes at least that it's not anything longer. So Trey Lance is going to be getting the start for the next couple weeks. And we'll get into and him any, once. Any, uh, any Brewers fan knows of Ryan Braun's calf issues, and those lingered for like six years. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully that's not the case with Jimmy. But God, he, he's he'd been playing well this season and... He just knows, like, you know, he obviously knows he's not the QB of the future in San Fran, and he's like, God damn it. I f- like, this is why they tra- why they drafted Lance, because I can't stay healthy. And here we go. Exhibit A. Yeah, we'll get to see it. And with that, all five of the first-round draft picks will be having a start after this next week. So which is pretty, which pretty, is pretty cool. cool. Speaking of first-round picks... Mac Jones played against the Bangor Buccaneers last night, and uh, Gronk did not play in that one. That was one of my picks for this last week, and that was prior to Gronk being <laughs> listed as doubtful. So he was still questionable. Thought for sure he'd give it a go, but we find out that he does have some cracked ribs and a punctured lung from that hit. So expect him possibly, I would say probably a couple weeks till his return. Probably want to get him healed yeah, punctured, up. Yeah, punctured lung, I can't imagine, is a fun one to deal with. No, 
Not at all. But at least that at least for him it happened on the field, unlike uh Tyrod Taylor's <laughs> uh punctured lung from his team doctor. <laughs> Pre-game. <laughs> yeah. That poor guy. <laughs> no all right. So with that, we will jump into our recap. Started off with man, I I don't know about you, Gel, but these primetime games, just a handful of them haven't been good. But I mean, we've been really spoiled so far this year between the Thursday, Sunday night, and Monday night games. I mean, they've all been down to the wire, and that was the Cincinnati Jacksonville game. Cincinnati pulls out the victory on a last second field goal, takes the twenty four twenty one. Every Thursday game has been really good this year so far. Yes, which a lot of times isn't the case. A lot of times they're they're shitty. But yeah, usually those are off just, to a good start this year. Just terrible matchups. But uh, Jacksonville, another loss. Uh, Urban Meyer was out drowning his sorrows at the bars over the weekend and popped up on some <laughs> uh, social media. So don't uh, know that his wife was probably too happy about that. But oh, that was an interesting video. I mean, go Urban. Yeah, but I guess that's what you can do when you got that kind of money. <laughs> you're gonna get some uh some college co-eds <laughs> draped all over you right. uh, urban myers quarterback trevor lawrence had pretty solid game for it was one of his better ones his rookie year so far 17 to 24 204 yards no interceptions only sacked once and then punched in a touchdown on the ground welcome back james robinson finally let him run around urban meyer got smart and realized that that's his only chance of winning is if you let james robinson carry the ball 18 carries 78 yards two touchdowns and then lavisca chenault beneficiary of another injury of dj chark who broke his ankle and is put on season ending ir so he will be out for the year if you have him make sure you drop him pick somebody else up but otherwise quiet game for marvin jones and yeah, it was pretty much. Yeah, Marvin. Marvin had been solid all season, but like you said, Chenault. Uh, Chenault really showed. Really showed out this week. So good to see that. Yep. And then on Cincinnati side of the ball, Joe Burrow had a nice game. Around to Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Burrow, three hundred and forty-eight <laughs> yards, two touchdowns. Mixon had a good game for you before he went out. Had 16 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. This is back-to-back weeks now, Gel, that uh, Joe Mixon hasn't been involved much in the passing game. Is this cause for concern? Did you just think it's more game script? I mean, Cincinnati was down at halftime, and I mean, you'd think that it would be a game script for Joe Mixon to be in the pass game, but for some reason they're just yeah. Not... I, I, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. He does enough for you on the ground still, for at least you know from what we've seen. So I'm not too worried about it. He's in your lineup regardless. Um, you know, obviously when he's healthy, I, it doesn't, it's not too big of a worry for me, just given his productivity, you know, just, just running the ball. Tyler Boyd, nine receptions, 118 yards on 11 targets. CJ Uzama, five catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he's been, he's been fairly solid so far this year. I just, I don't know if I'm comfortable putting him in a lineup at all, but just somebody to keep yeah, an eye I, on. You know, T Higgins is supposed to come back next week. That's going to put him back into his fourth receiver role. So, yeah. which brings me to, so with Higgins coming back, are you still starting Tyler Boyd next week? Oh man. Because he's been sweet when he's been in. Tough. And, yeah, I I think you can. They've got the Packers on the docket next week. So you figure Jair Alexander will probably be lined up with Jamar Chase. So you got Higgins and Tyler Boyd that will be able to 
kind of run free from that. I, I think he's flex worthy. I think that's going to yep. be a pretty high scoring matchup. So I think next week you're able to otherwise from here out, Tyler Boyd is probably just kind of matchup pace for me. Yep. I'm, I'm in total agreement. Jamar chase didn't get in the end zone, but another pretty solid game for him. Six catches, 77 yards. So I'll keep, keep firing him up. He's looking good so far. Anything else you want to touch on from this Thursday matchup or should we dive into Sunday? Let's uh, let's get into Sunday. Sounds good. First one up on the docket here. We got uh, Carolina at Dallas. Dallas comes away thirty six to twenty eight. We're gonna give you some key takeaways from the Sunday games instead of running you through and just peppering you with some stat lines. We're gonna kind of run through what our initial thoughts are from each matchup for fantasy. Sam Darnold's leading the league in rushing touchdowns right now. He is looking really good now that Adam Gase isn't his coach. So he's <laughs> he's spreading yeah. the ball around. He's making good decisions. He's mobile. Obviously, like I said, he's leading the lead in rushing touchdowns. So he's somebody that you can start and feel pretty comfortable about it. DJ, I think that I think that where where is Adam Gase nowadays? I mean, I think that Carolina's found a franchise QB, no doubt. I, I really, I'm a believer in Darnold. He was a number three pick for a reason. Yeah, no, but, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, but you wouldn't expect him to lead the league in rushing touchdowns, you know? <laughs> Trying to see, and I, there's nothing newsworthy popping up about Adam Gase other than the first couple headlines are he always, whenever he leaves, it always turns around the players that he was coaching. So, <laughs> Former Jets coach Adam Gase on June 30th of this year accepted a job as an offensive coordinator of a local high school team. Oh gosh. <laughs> Feel bad. That's for that exactly where offense. he belongs. Goodness. Oh, that is brutal. What a fall from grace. Yes. Somebody that is not falling from grace. DJ Moore is continuing to ball another eight catches, 113 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, this he's on, on page with that Sam Darnold here and they, that's clearly his number one receiver. So it's, it's exciting yep. to see that potential was always there for DJ Moore, but just couldn't really get into the end zone. Always put up solid yardage, but it's nice to see that he's actually getting in the end zone this year and scoring. Totally. Yeah. Da- Dallas side of the ball, my big takeaway is Dak continues to ball efficient, efficient game. I mean, he only threw for 188 yards, didn't have to throw the ball much in this one. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. But four touchdowns. Yeah. You know. And, Zeke is Zeke's back. I mean, he's the. I think that's, number that was my four. main takeaway as well. Ze- <laughs> yes. I think Zeke is back, man. Hopefully, you listened to us in the previous episodes where we said to buy low on Zeke and trade for him because yeah, he's he's back. Twenty carries, hundred and forty three yards, and a touchdown. And Tony Pollard really wasn't involved a lot in this one either. So looks he like- did. He, Pollard had a couple explosive runs, but didn't have nearly the numbers. Obviously, that that Zeke was putting up. So. Yep. And then my other big takeaway from this one was that uh, Dalton Schultz versus Blake Jarwin battle. It seems like Dalton Schultz is pulling ahead in this one. Dalton Schultz caught six of eight targets, 58 yards and a touchdown. Jarwin also punched in a touchdown, but only one of th- caught one of three targets for 18 yards. So it's a clear target advantage to Dalton Schultz and seems like he's kind of leading the way in there. And I think Dalton Schultz is somebody that you can feel comfortable putting into your tight end spot. He's had a couple of good games in a row and Dallas's offense is something that you want a piece of. And it's going to, it's going to be him. Like you said, it's going to be him over Jarwin. I think going forward, every time Schultz 
I, I don't know. Every time that I watch those two play, they they seem to be pretty similar, but Schultz just seems to be a little bit more productive than Jarwin is, and and Kellen Moore, their offensive coordinator, seems to be, you know, it seems like he designs plays for to get Schultz open as well, which isn't necessarily the case for Jarwin. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's the tight end that you're going to want, and I'm, I'm feeling pretty comfortable starting him for sure. He's somebody that possibly could be out on your waivers right now too so take a look if you are a tight end needy team moving on to the next matchup of the day we had cleveland taking a trip to the twin cities cleveland coming away with the victory 14 to 7 over minnesota don't know about you jaws kind of disappointed with this matchup i thought it'd be a little bit more high scoring than this two offenses that were kind of rolling going into this matchup but ended up being a good defensive battle here nick chubb yeah, somebody I mean, you would have thought that I would have thought the same thing. I mean, both teams, Minnesota, yeah, they have been loot or they had lost the first, you know, their first few weeks, but uh, they still were, I mean, they were obviously hanging there with the now undefeated or the still undefeated Cardinals just lost on that game winning field goal. And would have thought that they, that, and Cleveland's one of the best teams in the, one of the better teams in the AFC. So yeah, I thought this would have been a great matchup, but it was kind of a dud. Yeah, Baker did not look good either. No, <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, I don't know. Baker didn't look good. Him and Odell for some reason just don't. You know, Odell had a pretty good week last week, but hit with seventy-seven yards. But I don't know. They just seem to not be able to click. And I'm sure Baker is just waiting for Jarvis to come off that IR. Yeah, I I think so too. It's. Odell last week, like you said, had 77 yards, looked like he was back, but now after this game, it's one that you're you're going to be hesitant to have him in your lineup going forward. You have to. If, yeah. But Nick Chubb, he's locked in. I mean, another 100 yards on the ground, and then Justin Jefferson had another solid game. Another quiet, quiet game from Adam Thielen this week, but you expected that. I mean, he couldn't keep up what he was doing. That was no, a pretty no. crazy pace. Otherwise, that was that was pretty much it from that game. I mean, like we said, Dalvin Cook's banged up, so it's going to be tough sledding for him until that ankle gets fully recovered. But we'll see. Yeah, I I don't know. He like like we were saying. I mean, I he, I think he's just ready for a bye week. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like and and if you can get if you can get your hands on Alexander Madison, if he's out there on waivers, make the move. Yeah, Just or even maybe if you'll, you, you'll be able to get you'll be able to get him in there at some point. Yeah, and if you're the Dalvin Cook owner, I think he, Alexander Madison, somebody to target in a trade too. If you can get that, you might have to pay up a little bit yeah. for him, but he shouldn't cost you cost you a ton. Next matchup of the day, the Giants are on the win board column. <laughs> a very shocking that? shocking win for me going to down New Orleans. Twenty one. They were down twenty one or and or scored twenty one straight points. Yeah. Ended up winning in overtime. 24 straight points. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. 27-21 in overtime in the Dome. Saquon is back. <laughs> 52 yards on the ground, a touchdown. Another five catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown through the air. Had the game-winning touchdown in overtime. So, yeah, it was it was good to see Saquon. He, he looked a lot better, a lot more explosive in this one, too. So, it's I think he's, I, it feels like he's back to having a fully healthy knee, and they're – they're clearly giving him, you know, number one running back type of workload, so they feel confident in him as well, looks like. On the receiving corpse for the Giants, Kenny Galladay had a solid game, six catches, 116 yards, and 
Kadarius Tony, baby, team high Tony nine Bologna. targets, uh, six catches, 78 yards. So he was highly involved with Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton out with hamstring injuries. So, I mean, in deeper leagues, depending on Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, how long they're out with those hamstrings, Tony might be somebody that you could plug into your lineup for a PPR league. I mean, he, he looked really good in that game too. I know we've been kind of harsh on him. He was somebody that I had said last week on Wednesday was a hold for me for dynasty, but he, he looked pretty solid during that matchup. I, yeah, I think that he's, he's obviously, you know, he was taken in the first. I now granted, I think that I still think that's a bad pick as early as they t- that they took and when they need offensive line help yes. but he's but the talent is there i mean he he looked more like how he did at florida so that's that's obviously that's obviously an, an up arrow on on t- uh, Kadarius tony the saint side of the ball my big takeaway kamar is the only one that you can trust on that side of the ball i mean yeah and even in this matchup we saw what you hated seeing last year a lot during the season was Taysom Hill in there on in the goal line area taking away touchdowns from Kamara. Taysom had two rushing touchdowns yesterday that could have easily gone to Kamara. Freaking vulture. So it's yeah, it's frustrating. And Kamara, he wasn't even involved in the pass game either. It was kind of shocking. I mean, that's also his bread and butter is some of the short passes that he can do a lot once he gets into space. So I don't. It's kind of confusing. It's always a concern with Jameis, though. I mean, Jameis mm-hmm. just isn't one that's going to really get running backs in the passing game too involved. So I don't know. I mean, and and this this is my this was my worry going back to the preseason. I you know <clears throat> when I was trying to choose between Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara, I didn't know what Taysom's role was going to be, and obviously he took he took away two touchdowns from Kamara, so. No, I, I agree completely. They they definitely need Michael Thomas back. So and hopefully he's yeah, big fully time. healthy. But yeah, big time. <laughs> they're they're a rough team to watch right now. It's funny too. I mean, after the ass whooping they gave the Packers the first game of the season, I was like, ooh, got a new look Saints offense here. No more Drew Brees, but they they look how I thought that they were going to look when the season started. So that was just uh, well. What's frustrating about and this is a Sean Payton. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing here. I mean, Jameis has a really good deep ball arm and he brings in Taysom Hill and tries to throw a deep ball and it gets picked off. Why don't what if you're going to make that play call, do it with the better quarterback. <laughs> I just didn't, I didn't understand it, but I don't know. Maybe this might be an example of Sean, Pray- Sean Payton getting in the way of his, uh, his own brilliance there. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> Washington made the trip down to Atlanta. They ended up coming away with the victory 34-30. to This was a very exciting game. Came down to the wire. Washington scored a touchdown. Uh, just a handful of seconds and minutes left in the game. Terry McLaurin just balling again. Took Dude's advantage insane. of Logan Thomas being out. Dude's a beast. Yeah, six catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Taylor Heineke with another solid game had three touchdowns. So it's yeah, I need to, I need to, I need to uh, maybe get Heineke, maybe get myself a six pack of Heineken for the next episode. A little tribute to him, nice because he's he's balling pretty. He's doing pretty freaking well for somebody who has zero expectations, really. 
Yeah, maybe that's why no, he's doing I, so well is that he just he doesn't have anything to lose. I mean, doesn't yeah. <laughs> hey, fuck it, I'm gonna go out here and sling the ball around. Now, I I wonder then when Fitzpatrick comes when he's healthy, do they roll? Do they throw him back in or do they stick with Heineke? I guess we got to see how the next couple weeks go. Yeah, I mean, if they're winning, I don't know how you can take Heineke out. I mean, just that's keep my, yeah, just keep rolling. You're putting up points right now. Defense is still questionable which is weird because they have like one of the best front four in football but they just <laughs> they're not getting pressure on for the some yeah there's something about i don't know it's it's somehow for some reason not translating i mean atlanta put up 30 points yep. that's not something you would have seen coming no speaking of not seeing coming cordy p with three receiving touchdowns <laughs> matt ryan Fuck four me. touchdowns yeah cordy p i'll go back i mean i had said about Mike Davis and it's time to panic and get rid of him if you can. But I did not see Cordy P as the one to make my prophecy come true. I mean, Cordy P coming out of absolutely nowhere. This is his what fourth team he's been on. Started off with Minnesota, was at New England for a year, Chicago, Atlanta on his fourth team, and now they yeah. finally got him going. And he looks he looks good. I mean, he's making. He looks really very good like catches. he looks like he should have always been a running back, not a receiver. Yeah, because he's a pretty. I mean, he's functioning really well in that offense. My dumbass started Naheem Hines over him. <laughs> Frustrating as hell. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I was going up against Cordy P this week and did not look good early on in the in our matchup against uh old noggin there so <laughs> he had cordy p in his yeah. flex spot and i was not not happy until uh the three o'clock slate came around and i'll get into uh my favorite player of the week that won me my matchup but uh calvin ridley in this matchup he still is getting peppered with targets he's got had 13 targets seven catches for 80 yards so he's not too much of a cause for concern what are what are you doing with kyle pitts right now it seems like Cordy P's the one kind of taking away his targets. And I mean, Pitt still had a solid game, but we we thought it for sure would be like the Ridley Pitt show going into the season. That's what, that's what it looked. That's right. That's what we definitely thought was going to be the case. And I don't know. He's a, he's a rookie tight end. You don't see rookie tight ends pop too often. I thought, I think we all thought, you know, and he was obviously the entire league thought, this is maybe the you know one of the more talented tight ends ever to come out of the draft given that he went he was a top 5 pick and i mean it, i maybe Matt Ryan is the reason that he's been limited this year cuz Matt Ryan is he appears to be close to done you know, not as done as Be- as Big Ben or anything. I mean, <laughs> oh, that's gosh, that's yeah. hard. That's hard to. Uh, we'll get into Big that'd Ben be hard here to match, in a bit. But uh, <laughs> but <laughs> he doesn't look great, and so maybe that's the issue with Pitts. I'm still firing up on a weekly basis, yeah. though. Yeah, you just have to. I think temper your expectations for now with him for sure. Right. Another not great game. Hopefully, unless you were a fan of one of these two teams, you were probably the only one watching this one. But it was uh, Houston going up to Buffalo. Houston putting up the goose and Buffalo with 40 points. Bagels show. Yeah. I think my takeaway from this is, I mean, Cook's had an okay game. But right now, he's the only one. And I still wouldn't want to flex him unless I absolutely had to on Houston's side of the ball. Buffalo, I think for me... 
I've kind of changed with this opinion the last like week or two, but I, I think Zach Moss is the only running back you can start. Singletary, he's getting the work, but he is just nowhere near the goal line. And Zach Moss has been That's pretty the thing consistent. Is it's, it's always Zach Moss in the red zone and it's, and it's Singletary in the middle 60 yards, and that's about it. My other takeaway is that with the stretch that we've had from Emmanuel Sanders, I think he's flex-worthy from here out. Had another five catches, 74 yards, and I I think the trend from Dawson Knox is legit too. I think he's somebody you can put into your tight end spot. Another totally agree five on catches, Dawson. 37 yards, two touchdowns from him. So I, yeah, that's 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 sweet production from a tight end yeah and it's especially nice scene too with buffalo their high-powered offense that he's getting the looks because that's a piece that was probably not drafted at all going into the season that you might be able to still pick up out on waivers right now so yep you can definitely look at that if you're another tight end needy team Moving into a game I enjoyed at the 12 o'clock slate. Detroit traveling to the Windy City. Bears come away with the victory 24-14 to after, again, trying to uh, blow it in the, in the towards the fourth <laughs> quarter. But uh, my takeaways from I don't from know. Here, Dan Campbell's going to get his team to fight. That's that's If we've learned anything this season, it's he's, his teams aren't going to be giving up. Yeah, no, and in this one, I mean, Detroit's offense was moving the ball. It was just inside the 10. They had three turnovers in a row on three consecutive drives against the Bears' defense. So it was, they were driving the ball, they were moving the ball down the field, and then all of a sudden it was like they just forgot. I mean, there was a botched snap that it was hiked, hit off, hit Goff, and then just immediately bounced oh, to the Bears' was... lineman. It was like just comical. <laughs> that but... was too good. <laughs> yeah. My uh, takeaways from this one, uh, Jamal Williams is a flex option. He outsnapped DeAndre Swift in the run game. Wasn't as involved in the passing game, but he's he's getting a lot of work earlier on on in the season. Do you do you agree there, Jell? Are you still want him I, on your he's, bench? He's been he's been better than I thought he was gonna be. I didn't know how he would, you know, how much of, and I guess how much of a role he was gonna take on in Detroit. I mean he. It seems he's obviously his role is a lot is in is higher now than it was ever in Green Bay, and he looks really good. I mm. so I'm I'm you're gonna be coming up into these bye weeks, and Jamal Williams is somebody that you're gonna want to have on your team at least on your bench now, so that you can use him and feel comfortable putting him in as either a flex or or a running back, depending on how your bye week situation. Uh, shakes out so yeah I, I I'm in on him now receiving game from Detroit still a little iffy Cephas had a couple big catches Cleef Raymond had two touchdowns he he looked pretty good there was a busted play that he just ran right up the seam and was wide open on for one of his scores and then Amon Ross St. Brown had a breakout game six catches for 70 yards he made some nice grabs down the sideline so he was pretty involved in this one so still not really anybody that you're comfortable starting week in and week out but it's nice to see some production from Detroit's offense going into the season we weren't really sure what what to expect other than we knew Swift was going to be involved in Hawkinson so what do you want to do with Khalif Raymond see a priority pickup um, man, because it's I mean, it's two weeks it in a row like, now. It, he's it, been their it leading seems to change week to week. But yeah, it's been two straight weeks now where he's been pretty, you know, pretty solid. Yeah, I 
maybe in a deeper league you could pick him up. Otherwise, yeah. I think I'm leaving him out on waivers. I just, I don't know. I, it's hard to trust well, anything with the Lions. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, Chicago side of the ball, Justin Fields had a lot better game. Not relevant for fantasy at all, but he had some really, really nice throws. So as a Bears fan, I wanted to bring that up because it was actually refreshing seeing uh, – a Chicago Bear quarterback makes some really nice throws into tight coverage. Uh, David, yeah, Mon- no, I, I mean, it, he, <laughs> I mean, it couldn't have gotten much worse from uh, his no. first start. So <laughs> was bad. he did, but he looked a lot more comfortable. I mean, he was there throwing balls downfield. Still, not enough, you know, easy throws to, in my opinion. Um, but he looked a lot better. Looked a lot better. Yeah, well, so the line that's actually kind of things to come. Yeah, his old line actually gave him time to throw the ball too. So it was it was good seeing some actual pass protection. They got the tight ends involved in helping out with that too. David Montgomery had an absolute monster game: 106 yards, two touchdowns, and then got that knee injury. So we'll see. There'll be another guy I'll touch on for the waiver pickups for this one. With David Montgomery expected to miss a couple weeks at minimum. And my last takeaway from this is it was Mooney Magazine Day. <laughs> Five <laughs> catches, 125 yards, another 10 on the ground rushing. He is Justin Fields' favorite target. It's been no pretty apparent throughout the preseason. We had touched on it last week. It's Allen Robinson. It might be time to panic if you have him, but it's he he loves looking at Mooney. Mooney's his first read, so it's it's nice. And I, I think I think a lot of that comes back to a lot of this offseason stuff, I mean, Robinson was fighting for that contract and and Fields and Mooney just probably developed some sort of a really sweet connection. Obviously, they were really productive in the preseason. So, yeah, I mean, it and it's showing in the numbers and just how they're how well they're playing together. It's Mooney. That's that's the that's the guy. Yeah, which it was awesome to seeing yesterday. I had touched on it way back in one of our earlier episodes, how frustrating it's been in the past when Mooney's broken past his defender deep and then he gets overthrown <laughs> by like 10 yards. Kissing titties. And yesterday he broke past his defender and Justin Fields threw an absolute dime, perfect pass right in stride to Mooney for like 60-some yards. So it was it was awesome to finally see that come, come to fruition. Yeah, All right. totally. Before we jump into our next one, Joe, I got a dad joke for you. Oh, baby. <laughs> my uh, my girlfriend the other day asked me if I could stop singing Wonderwall. I said maybe. What is I this? S- I said maybe. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. That's funny. Indianapolis at Miami. Indianapolis comes away with the uh, victory here, 27 to 17. Welcome back, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. 103 yards on the ground, a touchdown, another three catches for 11 yards. It was uh, it was nice. We expected it this week. We had told you that it looked like it was going to be a decent game for him. Miami's been giving up quite a bit on the ground to the running back, so it was nice to... Nice to see some production from him, and going along with that, we got a dud from Naheem Hines. So yeah, well he had he started off that uh, he started off the game with a fumble, and never really was too included in the uh, you know 
in the game after that. So if you started him over Cordero Patterson, you're kicking yourself in the nuts right now, <laughs> a.k.a. me. Yeah, I I started him in my money league, but it was over Jamal Williams, so not as big of a dud for me, but it still still was frustrating, especially it's been every other game from him so far this year. So I guess if we're going along that trend, start him next week. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Miami side of the ball, bench Gaskin. Lee. Gaskin though. is been a huge disappointment i mean just absolutely nothing doing from him in the passing game or on the ground yesterday i don't know what what's going on with miami yeah no i i mean i just i don't know how they can win games right now i mean you it's it's jacoby Brissett. that's part of it uh but and but it's the colts and the colts were hadn't won a game and they God, it was just an ugly game all around, really. Yes. I don't know what you I, – I don't know if you can – I mean, are you starting Gaskin at this point? I don't think you can. No, I'm not. I'm not, not saying you're, you're not dropping – I don't know. You can't he, drop I mean, him. I don't yeah, think you can drop him yet, but you could maybe package him with somebody else in a trade, but I he's on my bench until he does something because yeah. he hasn't done anything all year. And my other takeaway on Miami side of the ball, as long as Jacoby Brissett's starting, fire up. Mike Gesicki, another great game from him, 5 for 57 and a touchdown. So that's clearly Jacoby Brissett's comfort comfort pass yeah, and just go-to guys. So. Drop it, you know, nice easy throws to the tight end. So Moving on to uh, your favorite team in the league, Joe, Philadelphia, hosting Kansas City. Kansas City ended up winning 42-30. to 30. Mahomes is good. Too many damn points for the Chiefs to let up. Yeah. To a team where we don't know if they have the right QB <laughs> or the right head coach. I just that defense, that's gonna that's gonna end up being the reason that they maybe don't make the maybe don't make the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. I mean it's pretty it seems to me pretty clear that the Bills are the cream of the crop in the AFC and with the I mean the Chiefs offense obviously is what it is, but good God, that defense is just atrocious. Yeah, they need definitely need to shore that up before the postseason hits, but Plenty of time left in the season to get that figured out. Um, again, Patty Mahomes, 278 yards, five touchdowns, interception. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, another back-to-back good game, 102 yards, had two catches, 12 yards, and a touchdown. What uh, what are you doing with him? Are you Is he a trade four for you, Jell, or are you trying to trade him away after his two back-to-back 100-plus yards and a touchdown performance? I, I get, for me, probably neither. If I own him, then... I want to hang on to him and see if this is, you know, more of things to come. But I think right now he's a tough trade for candidate given that he's had two straight sweet weeks. And I think that that's just going to, that's going to lead to any of his owners. They're going to want to, they're going to want to hang on to him. So you'd have to probably give up a pretty, pretty hefty package for, uh, if you were trying to trade for Clyde at this point. Yeah, I think so in redraft. Dynasty, you might be able to get him just because that owner had Clyde Edwards-Alaire last season too and saw the ups and downs, so they and, might be trying yeah. to get rid of him after a couple of good games. So might be able to work out something there if you are needy of a running back. Tyreek Hill, another absolute monster game. 11 catches, 186 yards, three touchdowns. Just insane. <laughs> I don't know what else there is He's, to no, say I, about it. I mean, that's this is. Uh, can you read off Kelsey's numbers real quick? Yeah, let me uh, pull them up here. But, quick. but the, I, I guess the 
the point that because he had a pre he had a down game, and the point that I'm trying to get at is <clears throat> basically the defenses can bra- they're so far they're either bracketing their coverage to focus on Tyreek or they're focusing on Kelsey this week. The the Eagles focused on Kelsey, bracketed their coverages, moved their safeties to that side of the field to focus on him to try to slow him down. And that left tight. And, you know, in previous weeks, defenses had been focusing more on Tyreek Hill. Kelsey's having a, and Kelsey would go off this week was the opposite. So it's like one of these two guys, if not both of them, are going to be going off on a weekly basis and. It's just it's just an interesting little dive into some of the defensive coverages that that I saw uh, while watching this game. Yep. Side note: Kelsey was four for twenty three. Yeah, there you go. So one of those. It's going to be one of those two every week, if not both of them. And 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 to be fair, also to Kelsey, you know, Clyde getting those two touchdowns. If they're inside, if they're in the red zone, they can be throwing the ball to Kelsey just as you know. And so who knows how it's going to work out on a week to week basis between. Yeah. Those three guys between Clyde, Tyreek, and uh, and Kelsey, but you're starting. You're going to be starting those guys for sure. Philadelphia side of the ball, Jalen Hurts is awesome for fantasy football. Not yes. so much for actual NFL quarterback. So he's <laughs> he's top five quarterback so far on the season. He he's somebody that you can plug into your lineup and feel comfortable regardless of the matchup because he has a solid baseline for rushing that he gets quite a few. You know points you're going to get that there, rushing. So that rushing uh, yardage potential for a touchdown every week on the ground too. What are, what are you doing with Miles Sanders? This is another that's game what I was that just a, That's the one, that's the name that I was about to bring up is with Jalen, Jalen getting, you know, take, taking up a lot of the yardage on the ground. It's just hurting Sanders. I don't, I mean, at this point, Sanders is no such thing as a must start. No, far from it. I mean, I don't think you're at the point where you're dropping him, but he, I, but he's on, he's on, he's riding the pine for me until, till he shows, you know, one or two, you know, at least one week, maybe a second week where, okay, he's back in, back into his groove that he was early last year or in the year before. Is, uh, is Gainwell somebody you're targeting right now? But he's had a couple of games this season where he's had quite a few rushes and he's involved in the passing game. Is he in consideration? He has, uh, he's gained well on the ground. <laughs> um, there. Or through the air. <laughs> um, I Target is in somebody that I can pick up off waivers. I think so, yes. Target in terms of a trade? Yeah, no, not know. trade. I, but Yeah, I, not worth it. <laughs> Really? No. Unless you're unless you're looking ahead to your bye weeks and you're like, oh shit, I've got three running backs on my roster that have a week nine bye and I need to pick and I need to go, you know, just doing a little bit if you're doing a little bit of foresight and thinking, okay, I need I'm gonna need to pick up a back, go ahead and, and you know don't 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 uh, blow your wad though on on uh gain well and give up too much of a package. Yeah. I, I agree completely. He's somebody that I would maybe if you're in a deeper league or he's out there on waivers, you could pick him up and stash for potentially later on second half of the season playoff run. See if he starts trending towards getting more touches than Miles Sanders on a weekly basis. Devontae Smith, he's he's back after the dud in Dallas last week. Seven catches, 122 yards, heavily involved, clearly Hurts' his favorite target outside Absolutely. of the two tight ends of Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, which 
they're both playing really well, but they're just taking each other out of contention for fantasy football is all. I mean, Ertz is, we thought Ertz, he was talking about retirement in the offseason, and he's played really well all year. So I'm not, you know, he's not back to, he's not, you know, peak Zach Ertz from a couple years ago, but he's playing really well. Uh, moving on to another New York team getting the win. New York Jets beat Tennessee what is 27 up New York had a pretty damn good weekend. Jets, Giants, and the Yanks. Yeah, they're, they're rolling, that's for sure. Uh, Tennessee side of the ball, they struggled mightily without Julio and A.J. Brown. Not much cooking from the receiving game there. Derrick Henry is just an absolute monster. Another 157 he just, he's yards. Just gonna do this. He's going to keep it doing, doing this. Yeah, I mean that's what Tennessee has to do to win. I mean they, yeah, when AJ Brown and Julio Jones are healthy, that's fine. But you have to get Derrick Henry involved. He's clearly your best offensive player and just an absolute monster. And you need to just keep handing the ball off to him, let him pound away. Yeah, he's in. He's in. He's in uh, last season's form right now. Yes, New York Jets side what? of the ball. Or go ahead. I was just going to say I was kind of worried about him after week one, and he didn't really do yeah. much. And I thought maybe, you know, him getting all, what, almost 400 touches, I think, last year. I thought maybe that was going to start catching up to him. But by week two, he was uh, he was back. So he's, he's going to be a beast yep. rest of the season. Possible finish for uh, as that overall RB1. Yes, definitely in contention for that. Uh, Jet side of the ball, Jamison Crowder made his season debut. PPR league, definitely somebody to have on your team. Seven catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. So he's picking up yeah, right he where good. he left off. Yeah, he looked really good. Yep. Then my only other takeaway from this one, Michael Carter, not a terribly effective game, but 13 carries, 38 yards, and a touchdown. He led the backfield in touches, so I think he's safe to at least have on your roster as the starting running back in in New York for the Jets. What you can take what you will from that. <laughs> but, I mean it's yeah, it's it, it's the Jets, but but hey, I mean it's always good to see that from a you know, from any rookie. My other takeaway is and I hope you don't own Zach Wilson in redraft, but he's probably owned in Dynasty. It's good to I mean it's good to see what he can do when he's got a little bit of time and his receivers aren't blanketed. I mean ten, yes, Tennessee's corners are pretty weak, but Wilson made some really sweet throws, a lot of downfield stuff, and it seems like there's just you're gonna have some really rough weeks every every you know every week with a rookie quarterback. There's gonna be some ups, there's gonna be downs, but it looks like he's at least kind of progressing, and maybe it's because his receivers were so open because the Titans' corners are bad. But at least he's making the throws, he's making the reads. There were some there were some plays where he was going getting to his his third guy in his progression. And that's really good to see. He, uh, a couple weeks back, Robert Sala said, you know, sometimes Zach needs to make the easy throws. And it seems like he's kind of learning how to, you know, really with the, che- you know, getting his checkdowns more involved and, and such when, when plays start to break down. So just, just dynasty wise, I have an up air on Zach Wilson. I'm not looking to start him this year. Hopefully, Right, but <laughs> at least you see progression, and that's all you can ask for in a rookie quarterback. Yeah, it's like you had touched on with all the rookies. It's the biggest thing is just giving them enough time. They're 
going to be adjusting to the NFL game. They need time to make the reads and everything. So it was it was good to see him finally getting some protection there. Arizona knocking off the Rams, the battle of the unbeatens in the NFC West. Arizona comes away victorious there. The Arizona two-headed running back monster. I mean, Chase Edmonds is their main go-to guy. Had a solid day on the ground, but James Conner is just being pesky again on the goal line, punching in a couple touchdowns. So it's what do you do with him? Are you starting him? Because he's he's putting up mad touchdown numbers. He is, or but that's serviceable. Much, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, maybe desperation play for a flex position if. And you're just banking on touchdowns. I mean, he's not getting a ton of yeah, work that's elsewhere. It. So it's that's pretty much it. And then uh, he wears. I just i i he's wearing he wears number six. I just yeah, I just so I don't weird. know. It looks so, so weird. I think it looks so cool. Running backs with the single digit numbers. Fournette back to uh, his number his seven, seven at LSU. Yeah. I I, I love that the NFL cool. did that and throw it back to I, the, how kind of surprising and stuff. it was, yeah. but I. It's nice to see. I mean, you shouldn't be restricted on what number you have. It doesn't. Oh yeah, I don't. Doesn't never matter. understood that. <laughs> uh, our uh, podcast favorite player, AJ Green, another five catches, sixty-seven yards, and a touchdown. Dead I arm mean, legend. is he is he back? Is he somebody that you pick up and could flex on a weekly basis? It, Arizona seems like they're spreading the ball around a ton. I mean, everybody, if you look at their season-long stats, is pretty comparable for yards targets there isn't really anybody that's separating themselves i mean last year it was deandre hopkins just getting peppered with targets and he was the go-to guy but kyler is really spreading i mean the they ball got four guys year. right now yeah. that you at least need to own or need to be owning your league between d hop aj green rondell moore christian kirk don't forget Am about Dos oh yeah dosecki's another game yeah. another another score so I don't know. I I am I starting AJ Green on a weekly basis? Probably not. But matchup dependent, I think you can. But I'm not. He's not a. He's not an automatic play or anything no, like that for me. No, I don't think so. But just somebody that it's nice to see the resurgence from though, him. and cons- yes. and strongly consider every week. Now, is this somebody else you're keeping an eye on, or is this an anomaly moving over to the Rams side of the ball? Van Jefferson, seven targets, 104 yards, two touchdowns. Is this just a just a like just lucky day from him, so, I, so to say. Or I mean, the potential so. in his talents. I, 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 always I'm not, been I don't there, think but. I'm. I don't think I'm ready. I'm not excited to pick him up. But somebody that again, it depends on how deep your roster is. If you're on a, or if you're you know in a in a 12, 14, 16 team league, something like that. I mean that then you're obviously going to have to consider everybody. But yes, in a in a 10, 12 team league, I'm not. Not necessarily prioritizing picking him up, unless he can do it again. But this is the most production we've ever seen out of him. So, and and I still think Cooper Cup is Stafford's favorite guy. So, yeah, absolutely. Cup led the team, thirteen targets, just five of sixty-four, which you knew he was going to come down to earth eventually from that. I mean, he was just putting up just a ridiculous. I mean, pace, unsustainable just, numbers. No, really. Yeah, and then. Bobby Trees, Robert Woods finally got into the end zone. Four catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown. I think this is a week after that. You maybe try and unload him if you can going off of the touchdown, but I don't I don't know that you're going to get much in return from him yeah, right and, now. Yeah, and, but. you know, now that Jefferson's had a good game, maybe 
Stafford's going to want to get him more involved, and he's obviously going to keep whipping balls over to Cup. So maybe this is a maybe this is a sell high on on a Robert Woods type of a situation. All right, Seattle traveled to Santa Clara to play San Francisco. Before we get into that one, got one uh, last dad joke for you for the episode, Gel. So I, the other day, I was wondering why there was music coming from my printer. Apparently, the paper was jamming. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> uh, Seattle, great. Seattle ended up a twenty-eight twenty-one win over San Francisco. Quiet day from Russell Wilson: one hundred and forty-nine passing yards, two touchdowns. Not uh, not much going on there. Other he, thing, you know, this Seattle team really actually reminds me a lot of those Packers teams when Rodgers was, maybe this was 2015, 2016, Rodgers was just, I mean, he was the only thing holding this team together. I think if the Seahawks, you know, they, they obviously have, have Lockett and, and uh, DK, but I don't know that, I don't, I don't know how good the Seahawks really are. I mean, their running game is sus. It's, I mean, Chris Carson is pretty good, but no stud and that defense is just not it, but I don't know. It for some reason it just reminds me of those Packers teams with you got Rodgers in this case Russell Wilson just kind of holding he's kind of the glue just holding everything together. Just a just an observation from this game. I mean, yeah, Wilson didn't put up mad stats or anything, but they still got a W in San Fran. That's impressive. Yeah, speaking he's of never the... lost he's never lost 3 games in a in a row in his career. That's Russell crazy. Wilson. And they started off the year 0 2. You knew they were good. I you knew he was getting a win here. <laughs> he had to. He had to keep the streak going. <laughs> Gotta keep the streak alive. I wanted to touch on the running backs in Seattle. I mean, Alex Collins was heavily involved in this one, had ten carries, and Chris Carson had thirteen carries. Is that what do you make of the running game in Seattle right now? I don't know if you can tr- I mean, I'm not I don't know if you can trust either of them. I think if you have another option other than Chris Carson Maybe maybe put him on the bench going into next week, but it's it's been a couple. It's been a kind of a rough start to the year for him. Yeah, I think so too. He's somebody that was always like that third or fourth round. You could get that just solid RB two. Never going to have you like a week winning performance, but just a solid floor play from him that you knew you were going to get. I don't know, eight to ten points depending on league format, but. This year, it just it hasn't been the case. This is so not far. it. San Francisco side of the ball, we had touched on. Jimmy G went out in the game, and Trey Lance came in. And, man, I don't know that I've seen a ball thrown harder than some of the ones that he was firing in there. <laughs> Dude he has had a howitzer. zip. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but he, you could definitely tell he was a rookie if you didn't watch, hadn't watched any football at all in your entire life. Just looking at it, he he made some very questionable plays, some very questionable throws. But man, yeah, he he looked good, and he he remind he really maybe it's just because he's in a Niners uni, but looks like kind of Colin looks like K. Kaepernick. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was nice seeing they had some designed runs for him. He was very quick in his decision making for the most part too. I mean, if he didn't see something right away, he was pulling the ball down trying to get some yards on the ground. Pick he had a couple first down attempts late in that game that he was diving for the first down marker, trying to extend the drive. So it was, he's somebody definitely interesting going forward for fantasy due to his rushing line 
kind of like That's, how we yep. touched on with Jalen Hurts. So Jalen, yep. He's definitely somebody I'll bring up for waiver wire pickups this week if he's out there. Trey Sermon had a pretty solid game on the ground, 19 carries, 89 yards. So somebody I think for that, the that's going to be room. something. You're going to it's he's going to be the 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 bell cow uh for the year for the rest of the year for the Niners. So I think he he's a very very possibly a weekly play. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is for right now too. Elijah Mitchell was out again, but I I think Sermon will have separated himself after the last two games. The only one that is a cause for concern for me and somebody that if he's out there on your waivers right now, he should be coming back maybe in a couple weeks is Jeff Wilson Jr. It might be interesting once he comes back in how they get him involved. The pass game, a little bit of a quiet game from Kittle, but man, did Debo show up again. And he is the guy that I wanted to touch on that helped me beat Nihagen this week. So <laughs> <laughs> had an absolute monster game, eight catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns. So he, he yeah, helped me win I, one of my leagues this week. You know, we were talking last week about Cooper Cup possibly finishing as that, as that number one overall wide receiver. Debo is obviously going to be... As long as he can stay healthy, yes, he's always had he's always had the ability. It's just been a matter of health. It's something with those with the Niners and nine are just so many. It's been now a few a few years in a row where they've just struggled so mightily with injuries. And the one year that they didn't, they made the Super Bowl and would have won it if if Jimmy G could hit a wide open Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> but but when this team is healthy. They're really good, and, and you're going to be seeing Debo putting up 100-plus and a touchdown every week, it feels like. Yeah, I'd be curious. I should go back and look into it more, but I'm curious on what his actual stats are for how many games he's disappointed or put up just a terrible production that he's finished a full game and not gotten hurt during the game. I mean, it seems like That's every game that he finishes seriously. the game and is healthy is just an unbelievable game. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely a... Uh, helping you win your week so far this season moving into the game we touched on a little bit earlier with everybody's favorite quarterback drew lock uh, baltimore coming <laughs> away with the victory there 23 to 7 mar jackson 316 yards through the air just had one touchdown but it was interesting to see him throwing for over 300 yards not something you see a ton and then other takeaway from that latavius murray's lead back uh tyson Smith was a healthy Williams. scratch. T- or Williams, yes. <laughs> Sorry, Tyson Williams. Tyson. Was yeah, healthy scratch. Healthy not, scratch. Uh, not, was not expecting that. No, not at all. So if you had him and were banking on him going up against Denver, you had to pivot quick there. Tavius Murray, 18 carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Is he somebody you're flexing from here on out? I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot in that backfield right now, but Latavius has been the one at least since – they signed him has been getting the bulk of the work. Yeah, I mean it's still gonna be a Lamar Jackson led backfield, really. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Um are you at I mean, what do you I guess what I find more I don't know, Latavius is what he is. I'm he's not gonna blow your nips away, but <laughs> but uh you know, I mean, opportunity is opportunity, yeah. and Baltimore seems to be giving it to him. I just wonder, what do you do with Tyson? Because he was, for a lot of people, ended up being a pretty big pickup. 
Yeah, you know, after the season, uh, yeah. after the J.K. Dobbins injury, so and yeah, and Justice that's, Hill. That's tough. I mean, he's been productive when they've given him right. the ball. That's why and he's averaging five, six yards a carry. Whatsoever. Yeah, it was a huge surprise. I wonder surprise, if he fucked up but... in practice or something or pissed Harbaugh off or something. Yeah, I don't know with how the waiver wire is for running backs if I would necessarily drop him. But, I mean, you can't be comfortable starting him. I, I guess I'll throw two names out there for you, Jell, that I have as – pickups for this week and you let me know if you would rather have them versus Tyson. Well, we're just talking redraft right now because I don't think Tyson is anybody for dynasty beyond this season. Not yeah. For redraft, would you rather have Tyson or Damian Williams? Uh I I mean that's a move that I would be willing to make. Yeah. And pick so, up I mean, Damian Williams even if it's just going to be for a couple of weeks while David Montgomery recovers. Yeah, because you know the Bears are going to run the ball and like to run the ball, and Damian Williams is going to get his touches. He's good out of it the It feels like Matt Nagy finally ball, learned, so. like, oh, shit, running the ball is actually, like, beneficial for a young quarterback. <laughs> I mean, what what I mean, Montgomery had 20-plus rushes, I'm pretty sure, right? So, yeah, they ran the ball And Damian Williams is going to probably get a similar workload, so I'm absolutely down with that move, especially right. after a healthy scratch. Yep. Don't know what the hell that's about. Tyson or Samaje Pirine backing up Joe Mixon with Mixon potentially yeah. week to week. That's maybe one where I would there. maybe hang on to Tyson. I'm not okay. a huge Samaje Pirine fan. Okay. So, yeah, those are the two main running back pickups, I think, for this week with the injuries. So i just curious yeah, on what your take was. Go grab Alexander Madison if he's out there. That's the, only, yes. that's the only other guy I had written down. But he's probably owned in, in most leagues. Uh, last Baltimore Raven wanted to touch on Hollywood Brown, another good game, four catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. So he's he's proven us wrong so far. I mean, he's he was somebody that was always it, it, so hard to hey, start. It, but I mean, they're throwing if, – if the Ravens are going to be throwing the ball around like this, you know, if you got Lamar going for over 300, that's going to obviously do good things for Hollywood and – Maybe maybe the Ravens are trying to change their offense up a bit to get a little bit, you know, get Lamar a few less, uh, you know, less uh, poundage uh, in terms of running the ball and making him show why he should be a $45 million quarterback by having him air it out a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe this is, are you at the point now where you're starting Hollywood? Yeah, I think you are, unless if you're somebody that's still a little skeptical Maybe try flipping him for somebody that's a little bit more steady that's proven themselves in years past. But no, I if you have him, he's he's definitely flex worthy. I mean, he's ride the hot hand right now. I mean, he's been yeah, putting no, up numbers, totally. So definitely moving over to Denver's side of the ball. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams are pretty much in a dead heat as far as the amount of times they're touching the ball. Pretty much the same carries this week, same touches in the passing game. I mean, Javante I don't know what Williams. I mean is somebody I'm targeting right now. And one of my leagues right now, I'm pretty stacked at the wide receiver position. I threw a Tyler Lockett for Williams straight up to see if I could potentially get him for a second half and playoff run. So I don't, I'm, I'm pretty high on Javante. I know we've all been pretty high on him from since he's been drafted I, I still and think everything. That he looks like the better back between the two. I do I mean, too. He just looks quicker, looks more explosive, but, and, and, and generally if there's gonna if there's a genuine 50-50 time split 
that's usually a good sign for a rookie running back because especially this early in the season. So this could mean, this could just mean, like you said, good things going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something too that, I mean, it's the last year of Melvin Gordon's deal. So I think they're just trying to get as much out of him as they can and just not just wreck Javante Williams as a rookie right, <laughs> right. off the bat. So it's, it's right. a nice situation for them to be in. And then uh, last takeaway out of Denver, Noah Fant was benefiting from KJ Hamler and Judy being out six catches, 46 yards and a touchdown, 10 targets. So you can fire him up as long as uh, Judy's not in. It's He's very, yeah, Tim very Patrick had a pretty quiet me. day. Yeah. That yep, was actually really frustrating to see, but so did most of the Broncos receivers, I guess, outside of fans. Yeah. I mean, and Sutton was, didn't necessarily have a hot day either. Yeah. And as long as Drew Locke's in there, I mean, it's, that's the, it's going to be tough. Gonna be <laughs> it's going to be tough. So hopefully, hopefully, if you have any of those guys, you're hoping Teddy's back this week. Moving into our last three o'clock game, I bet you were happy at the outcome of this. Jell Pittsburgh traveled to to Lambeau Field and Green Bay came away with the victory 27 to 17. Najee Harris had a pretty solid day for Pittsburgh 15 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Another six catches for 29 yards through the air. And welcome back, Deontay Johnson, nine catches, 92 yeah. yards, and a touchdown, 12 targets. Yeah. I mean, geez, he's yeah, no, that's he's he's, he's their he's go to the guy, he's the man out there, <laughs> he's the man. Uh, Green Bay side of the ball. Randall Cobb. I mean, geez, flashback from the past. I felt like I had traveled back in time five years and was watching a (laughs) Packer game. I mean, five catches, 69 yards, two touchdowns. For Dynasty, no, unless you're in win-now mode. But is is Cobb a pickup for redraft? He seems to be getting more work each week. I'm (laughs) certainly Amari Rodgers isn't doing anything. Alan Lazard's been pretty quiet. Don't know what this MVS injury is gonna look like, or what I don't I don't know the final outcome of that. Um, so if you go get Randall Cobb, don't expect him to be, you know, an absolute monster, but he's somebody that should be owned. Yeah. And then last takeaway for me is Robert Tanyan again, two catches, eight yards. I mean, if you if you drafted him, we tried to say his regression was going to be good. Knew so, it was happening. Yeah, you knew it was going to happen. So hopefully, hopefully you have other backup options there because it's I don't know. You're just touchdown dependent from him, not any volume. That's hundred percent. Sure. Yeah. My uh, my last I guess takeaway from this game too is the fact that the NFL is a billion dollar league. Why isn't there any shots down the line of scrimmage to see if a player actually jumped offsides? I know you can't review it, but that offsides before the half with the blocked field goal. Oh my, showed, that would have changed the whole game. That was a huge play in the that game. Was seven and the points. only shot that, was a that 10 they... Point, that's a 10-point swing right there. Yeah, the only shot that they had was from the end zone that you could see. I can't remember who it was. Was it Joe Hayden? I think 23, was, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, that whoever would be Joe it was Hayden. Joe Hayden. He started to go across the line of scrimmage as soon as the Green Bay center, like, hiked the ball, which he took, like, forever to hike it for some reason. It was, like, the slowest <laughs> yeah, hike in the weird. world. But I just – I mean, it wasn't something that could be reviewed anyway. But I'm just, like, the NFL is a billion-dollar industry. You'd think that they would just have a camera that would just stay on the line of scrimmage the entire game to, like, well, give he the wasn't, fans he a wasn't even, He wasn't 
off. Like it looked, it, I I can see where the ref may have thought he was offsides because he did start moving before the ball was snapped, but he wasn't across the line. Yeah, that's the thing. Like <laughs> it, so it, it kind of looked like maybe he could have been, but he wasn't across the line. Yeah. That. That is a, was a huge play in the that, game, and that would yeah. have, obviously all the momentum going into halftime would have been on the Steelers' side. So yep. that was a huge, huge miss. Yeah, uh, my, into- I guess my only thing that I, the other thing that I wanted to point out, it was kind of near the end of the game, and I think when it was kind of out of hand, you know, game was game was done, and Tomlin called a timeout. And gave Rogers this look, and Rogers just started smiling, started laughing, and then in the post game, Rogers was you know giving Tomlin all sorts of praise. You know, I love his coaching style. I have some friends over that have played for him before, and everybody has all this amazing stuff to say. I've always loved his coaching style, and I don't know, is he priming himself to uh, <laughs> get over to Pittsburgh after this I was, season? I was kind of kind of buttering up, buttering him up a little bit. I was wondering the same thing because numerous times during that broadcast, Nance and Romo kept saying like how Rogers was like joking around with Tomlin before the game. And then he was laughing it up with TJ Watt a couple times after plays. And uh, he was laughing at somebody else too. And uh, I can't remember which defender it was like audibled out. And then he kind of caught Rogers and Rogers had to call a timeout there. And uh, yeah, it was just like, Hmm, maybe maybe this is a potential landing spot. Which I mean, would if, be a great thing for the Steelers. Would instantly become Super Bowl contenders. Oh yeah, they I mean, could the rest easily of the, be. Rest of that line, or the rest of that rest of that roster is stacked. Yeah, it's I mean, just Big Ben if, is holding them back. If you are Rodgers, I mean, you've got a lot of great pass catching options there. You have a nice rookie running back. You've got a great defense. I mean, if he wanted to finish out somewhere and play for another two or three years after the Packers, that would be an ideal landing and what, spot. And what organization to... would you rather go to than the Steelers? I mean, they're obviously one of the, what, five, you know, main, you know, core franchises in the NFL. Yep. Crazy historically, you know, crazy successful historically. Playing for the Roonies, obviously the stability. So you'd have all that stability there. I mean, that'd be, I don't know. I, I, there was just a lot of a lot of shit that yeah it was it was it interesting like he's ready to uh, that make too. that move somebody that made a move last season going back to New England a uh, game that was hyped up all week and actually lived up I mean it was a low scoring game but came down to the wire Tom Brady getting the best of his former team went in nineteen seventeen in New England Tom Brady kind of a dud game though two hundred and sixty nine yards no touchdowns no interceptions had. A couple of balls by Antonio Brown. One should have probably been caught in the end zone, but it didn't come away with any touchdowns. Leonard Fournette had a pretty solid game on the ground. He's clearly the back to have in yep. Tampa. I mean, you what do you do with Ronald Jones? I mean, he had a touchdown yesterday on the ground, but I mean, it's it's Fournette. It's it's if, if I'm a Rojo owner, it's either it's either keep him riding the pine, or if there's a guy out there that. You're desperate for a, you know, need a really need a running back that's going to be at least putting up points for the next couple of weeks. If, I mean, do you drop Ronald Jones, go get Damien Williams? I think that's a move I'm making. Yeah. If I need, if I'm in trouble with the running back position, that's, that's definitely a move I think I'll yeah. make. 
at least for to get i mean like we had touched on during our tricks or our tips episode like every week is one that you focus on just winning that week every win counts towards your playoffs and could be the difference between you making it or not and if ronald jones is just going to waste space on your bench and you could go after a damian williams or somebody that you could start next week and potentially sneak a win out i i'm all for it i don't yep, think ronald totally. jones is somebody that you're going to regret dropping in a couple weeks. It's, I mean, worst case, he's in a timeshare with Leonard Fournette. So it's the only way that Ronald Jones is going to be their lead back is if Fournette gets hurt and is out. Yep. So passing game from Tampa, your usual suspects leading the way. Mike Evans, seven catches, 75 yards. Antonio Brown, seven catches, 63 yards. Godwin, three catches, 55 yards. So pretty, pretty solid production there. Again, nobody got in the end zone, but... Those are your main guys you would expect to be catching the ball. My biggest takeaway on the Patriots side, I know you and when Ricky was on here last, were kind of knocking on Mac Jones, but he actually looked pretty decent yesterday. I thought he played pretty well, especially with the hype of Tom Brady coming back to New England. He he had a respectable game. I mean, it didn't really show on the score. Well, what was it, 20, 20 or he had, 19 yeah, 19 straight, straight completions. completions tied the Tom Brady's record, I think, with the Patriots. Yeah. So, which already, is wild. Yeah, I mean, but, so I mean, like this is that's so. There's for me, there's two different takeaways you can have from it. You could have yours, which is he looked efficient. He looked, you know, almost like a young Tom Brady. Or, and this is more my more of my kind of conclusion. They rather would rather kick a 56 yard field goal in a in an absolute downpour torrential rains <laughs> with Nick Folk who's old and has never been a long distance kicker then go for it on fourth and 3 and give Tom the ball back with a minute left then go for it on fourth and 3 not trusting Mac Jones to get 3 yards that's my like that's that's my takeaway from that that's where Belichick sat on that decision that was his decision to make and he chose i'm gonna go for it and hope that nick folk has and by the way that did hit the upright but that would have cleared the the crossbar by what, oh, yeah. two feet i mean yeah i mean it would have been oh, good if he wouldn't have smoked it it would have yeah, been it yeah was, it would have would have gone through but it's an impressive but, kick i mean for 56 yards and the yeah, rain that's that, coming down that weather slippery conditions yeah, yeah. i'm but, just i'm surprised i would have thought bill would have gone for it there but yeah, I mean, I guess you'd rather take the chance to win it than just trying to get a first down to get a little bit closer. Yeah, you don't, if he does make it, like you had touched on, you're going to give Tom the ball back with a chance to drive down the field, similar to what he did in the opening game of the season to against Dallas, field yeah. goal to win. But I don't, I don't mind it. He was comfortable with the distance from his kicker. And like you had touched on, it was a torrential downpour. New England did not have anything on the ground. I mean, Nelson Aguilar was their leading rusher, one carry for four yards. Their Damian yeah. Harris had four carries for negative four yards. So, I mean, there wasn't anything on the ground in a rain game. You've got Mac Jones, a rookie, which all it would take is, I mean, just a bad snap and the ball slipping out of his hands or something. You don't even have a chance to win it. So I don't, yeah, I don't no. mind it. I mean, it's... I, it's- I, I, I think I think if Brady was there, he goes for it. Yeah. I you know yeah which no I which I that's think so. I mean of which course we're talking Brady's about... earned that though <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah. 
My other takeaway on this one from the running backs, if you took a chance and picked up J.J. Taylor last week, drop him immediately. He had a huge yeah. fumble yesterday, and he's not going to see the field for a while. Nope. So it's <laughs> uh, it's a Damian Harris and Brandon Bolden What show. do you want to go Brandon Bolden for? I mean, he's getting some receiving work. He is going to be the receiver. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson was a healthy scratch yesterday, so and he's been a healthy scratch the last couple of games. So it's, yeah, it's Damian Harris and Brandon Bolden. If you need somebody in a PPR league, just with bye weeks coming up, maybe take a chance on Brandon Bolden. I mean, he had, what, six catches, 51 yards yesterday. So, I mean, he was involved in the pass game. Yeah. Kind of took that James White role. So, yeah. He's definitely somebody you can pick up. Then uh, your your boy Jacoby again, eight catches, 70 yards. So, (laughs) he's, I mean, he's, he's their best guy. Which is crazy. He's their best receiver, and he's and he went undrafted. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots just they and they took Nikhil Harry in the first. They've drafted other wide receivers, and the undrafted guy. You know, both obviously Nikhil Harry has been an absolute bust. But it's like some for some reason some these teams just can't. There's some teams that just can't seem to get the receiver. Like the Patriots can't get the receiver position right. The Steelers no, outside always of that one draft really good linebackers and pass rushers. The Seahawks can't really seem to get the running back deal right. You know, Rashad Penny, first rounder. It's like some some teams just like for some reason always have really hardcore strengths and weaknesses when it comes mm-hmm. to drafting. And Patriots, obviously, one of theirs one of their weaknesses is that receiver. But to be able to find Jacoby Myers off the you know undrafted trash heap. He's been their best guy, and he's, yeah, he's pretty been damn solid good. the last two weeks. So he's definitely yeah. somebody that you should pick up if he's out there on waivers, just with the amount of production that he's been putting up, the targets that are coming his way. So, and then uh, both the tight ends in New England had a touchdown yesterday, Henry and Janu. So they were involved, and Janu had a nice touchdown. So did Henry. I mean, Henry's yep. was very athletic looking, looked good. So, other than that, my Pickups for the week are Damian Williams with the Bears with David Montgomery potentially being out. Definitely somebody to eye this week and could be a top target for you in the running back position. Again, Samaje Pirine for a little bit deeper. I don't like him as much like you had touched on, Gel, but you can't. Cincinnati's running backs have been pretty productive. They like to use the running back, so he's somebody that you should at least scoop up if you need a running back. I got Michael Carter. If he's out there, he's definitely been involved more recently. Chances are he's probably not out there, but definitely take a look at that. And then uh, Kenny Gainwell, another possible stash for you, like we had touched on for a little bit later on in the season. I like Trey Lance, too. If he's out there, he's definitely somebody that you can feel comfortable starting. Yeah, it's a rookie. Yeah, he's going to make some terrible throws, but like we had touched on, but you get, Hurts. I mean, yet, that rushing base two rush gonna touchdowns. You're going to have, you're going to have that upside with him where, like you said, kind of similar to Jalen hurts. You've got that upside on the, from the ground. And that is huge. And then my last one that I have is if we had touched on it last week as a pickup, if Dawson Knox is out there, scoop him up. He's, he's been involved and looks, looks like this isn't something that's just a flash in the pan. It's going to be here to stay. So, you have any anybody else you want to throw out there, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I, I touched on Khalif Raymond briefly. I think that he's somebody that you pick up and can keep on and can put on the bench if he does. If he goes for a third straight week, 
with good productivity, that's when you can start looking at possibly starting him. Another Bengals running back, Chris Evans. What are you thinking? I mean, we don't are they is I know P Ryan is the number two uh is listed as the number two back, but do we I mean, are you thinking they're gonna start getting Chris they'll get Chris Evans more involved now with mixing out and probably have it be more of a kind of more of a split backfield than when Mixon, the the do it all back is yeah. out there? I think it'll be more of a split. I would think P Ryan's going to be getting the bulk of the carries with Evans sprinkled in here and there and then in the passing game. But like we've touched on, Mixon hasn't been involved that much in the pass game recently. Right. So I think I'd rather rather have Samaje P Ryan in there. I'm good. That's all that's right. all. Those are the only two other names that I had to that I had to bring up. So sounds good. The Thursday night game this week we'll preview should be a doozy. We got a uh, battle of the. NFC West, Los Angeles Rams traveling up to Seattle facing the Seahawks. You going to the game, Joe? I actually, so I am going to be in Seattle for that game. I fly into Seattle on Thursday, and we're going to hang out around the stadium. Very cool. And if something pops up on StubHub, you know, an hour before the game or something, and we see a sweet deal out there, then we're going to jump on it. Nice. You know, I'm, we'll see. You're going to go uh, streaking with our uh, DAS logo on your back? Get us some uh, more <laughs> listeners? I uh, probably will not be doing that, but uh, they don't show the streakers on TV yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Ugh. All right. This one, Rams side of the ball, starting Stafford. You can start Daryl Henderson. I mean, the Seattle as long has as been healthy, just a, I know he's, he's yeah. right now listed as questionable going into next week. Yeah, which, I mean, I don't think he came away with any other injuries from this last game, so I would think you'd be able to More start. than likely, yeah. Yeah, so, and Seattle's been giving up a ton on the ground, so he should be a pretty solid play this week. Fire up Cooper Cup, fire up Higby probably, but are you putting Woods in the lineup, Van Jefferson coming up this gonna, I'm probably going to pass on Woods and Jefferson this week, I, I as long as I've got better options. I'd like to see, you know, like to see something more from Woods for another week. See if he can if he can get the get another score. That's when I'd start feeling more confident putting him back in on a weekly basis, but I'd like to take this upcoming week off. Then on Seattle side of the ball, putting in Russell Wilson, you trying to find another option from Chris Carson then? A tough matchup I, against the ideally, Rams. Ideally, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to drop Carson or anything like that, but No, no, no. no. But I if if you got somebody on your bench that's got either a nice matchup or kind of just looks good to start this season. I'm comfortable starting them over. Uh, I'm, I'd be comfortable sitting Chris Carson this week. Then and I'm see- not, I'm not starting Alex Collins. At, no, <laughs> definitely no, no, not. No. Nope. Just something to kind of keep an eye on. If there's a split again, there Tyler Lockett's in your lineup. DK Metcalf's in your lineup. DK going to be tough though he's going to have Jalen Ramsey probably shadowing him for the good majority probably, of the game yeah. so could be a Tyler Lockett week keep an eye on Gerald Everett's COVID-19 status if he's back could possibly be a play with Dosecki's had a pretty solid game against the Rams this last week so Everett could be somebody that you could throw into your tight end spot if you need to just like I said keep an eye on him yeah just just one extra note I mean it seems like Seems like Freddie Swain's got that third wide receiver spot pretty much on lock right now. So Dwayne Eskridge 
has to kind of fall a bit. Uh, this is a friendly reminder. We haven't brought this up at all on podcast, but if you have anybody playing in the Thursday night game, make sure they're not in your flex spot. Put them into that running back or wide receiver spot so that way if an injury does come up on Sunday, you can easily pivot and have that flexibility to either put a running back or wide receiver into the flex spot. You put the guy in the flex spot, on the Thursday night game, then you don't have that flexibility. Then you have to either play a running back or wide receiver. So it's a great call. Just something that's a great call. Keep an eye there. And then also wanted to give you a friendly reminder. This shouldn't affect a ton of people, but for those of you with quarterbacks, week six is the start of bye week. We have Atlanta, New Orleans, the New York Jets, and San Francisco 49ers that are going into their bye weeks on week six. So if you have any of those starting quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Jameis Wilson, or Jameis Winston, <laughs> Zach Wilson, <laughs> or Trey Lance, just keep an eye. You're not going to have them available for week six. And I always like to, if I know my quarterbacks on bye, I usually like to grab somebody that week before. So I'm not competing with somebody else that has a bye week. Usually like to get a, get a jump on the competition there. Good call up. All right. Otherwise, that should do it. Uh, hopefully, with the uh, game tonight, if you needed somebody to go do well and win your matchup, you had that happen. And you're listening to us in a happy mood. In a happy place. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, that should do it. You can find us on our socials. Uh, write us a review. Screenshot that. We'll get you some stickers out in the mail. You can send that to any of our social medias. Where can they find us, Joe? Facebook and Instagram are now back up. So that, we got that update over the last, uh, you know, 90 minutes or so since we started. Uh, so you can find us there now again, live. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, search Dead Arm Sports. Uh, it's at Dead Arm Sports on Twitter and, and uh, the gram. And then, and, uh, you know, let, let your people know, let your people know this, this show exists and is amazing and let them know they can listen on Apple podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google pods, shout out to anchor presenting sponsor, making, you know, allowing for all this to happen and for free. So, uh, yeah, make sure, make sure you spread the word, leave us a review, screenshot that review, send it over to us, uh, in the DMS and Josh will send you a uh, some some dead arm sports swag yeah absolutely some sweet stickers throw on a nice cooler i have some on my yeti yeti water bottles so it's yeah bumper they, they sticker hold up nice yeah bumper sticker throw it on a window throw it wherever you want throw it on a mail truck so that way it gets around town <laughs> so you can see it <laughs> But I like no, that. that. That should do it. Uh, again, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, hopefully, you're enjoying the podcast here, and uh, we will be back with you later in the week to bring you the week five matchups with a little twist. We're going to be running through and letting you know who some of our favorite fantasy players from the past have been on uh, different. I'm matchups. pumped for so, that one. Little little blast from the past. So looking forward to that. Otherwise. Uh, where can they uh where can they catch us, Jill? Catch us on the flippity flip. <laughs>